It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. You have Donald Trump sending out messages, oh, vaccine, it's all because of me, the vaccine. Well, I'm, uh, people don't have to take the vaccine. Like, half of Americans, half, half of, uh, of Republicans who supported Donald Trump don't want to take the vaccine. Now, he's gone out a couple times and said, yeah, okay, well, yeah, Maybe. yeah, you should take the I greatest got one. vaccine mm -hmm. ever. I got one. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. But he's not showing any leadership. But why would he show leadership? He never has shown leadership. And instead, you have these anti-science people who are now not only bashing the vaccine, but are also saying, no, we, you know what? There should, we need to make sure that nobody in America knows who took the vaccine and who didn't take, wrong, wrong. Hey, you know what? You know what? You missed the stop. Yeah. The train left the station. Your idiocy that you and the last president together helped kill hundreds of thousands of Americans. That stop was like. Yeah, it left on January the 20th and you're just standing there by yourself and look around at the idiots who are around you. Who were saying no social distancing, who were saying no masking, who, who were attacking the vaccine. If you guys want to stand there on that platform and get sick and kill each other, that's up to you. But we've moved on. Stay out of leaders' way who want to make sure that we can once again go back to our life. We can once again take our kids to baseball games. We once again can go to concerts. We once again can get moving on with our lives by showing that we were not stupid enough to say no to a vaccine. It's Republican you're really Party. seriously. It's not. You're, just, you're such a joke. You're so, such a joke. <laughs> All of you are such jokes. So here we are. Get uh, a vaccine. <laughs> get the vaccine receipt. Go to a concert. Go to a baseball game. Live your life. Yeah. All right. So that was Joe Scarborough on, you know, the Joe Scarborough show with his wife, Mika. And that's a, just a touch of the kind of vitriol that's going to be aimed and is being aimed against people in this country who have a different view about a vaccine, a COVID passport, a vaccine passport, uh, and, and all the other things, social distancing. And I only bring that up. That's just a kind of a glimpse of what I think is coming our way and broad, more broadly than that, and I'll make the point a little bit later in the show, uh, Joe talks about how anti-Christian it is. And he directly challenge he directly challenges and ridicules people who are resisting, and uh, says that they are not. This is not. It's not a Christian thing to do. So, it's an attack on a difference of opinion on something very important. 
and it's attacked specifically against Christians by Joe, who says he's a Christian. But um, we're going to get into that. But the, uh, the point of me sharing that with you is that uh, the times are getting more and more dangerous. There's no question about it. We talked about the COVID vaccine yesterday, and we're going to talk about it some more today. But I want to sort of put it in context for you in a different way. You know, this is what's called Holy Week. Holy means set apart and different. One of my regrets at this point in my life, I have to just say practically, is that as an evangelical raised the way I was, we did not celebrate Holy Week. We did not observe the church calendar, like so many of you who are maybe Lutheran or Presbyterian or Episcopal or Catholic, or you observe the church calendar, so you do Ash Wednesday, and you do you remember these things, and it, the, all of these um, commemorations lead up to Easter Sunday morning when we when we celebrate Jesus rising from the dead, the firstborn of those that sleep, the the first one to conquer death, uh, which is our tremendous promise to all of us. But anyway. Uh, it's a wonderful celebration, but it's so much more wonderful when you remember what's happening the weeks and months before that. And so I want to just take a minute uh, in my own uh, simple way to share with you uh, what was happening this particular week in Jesus' life that would lead up to that Easter celebration on Easter when he rises from the dead. There was so much before it. Uh, and all of you that are Christians know about this, but some of you might not have perspective. If we were just, we're going to talk about this as though it were, you know, happening like last Friday. Last Friday would have been the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, which was strange, but it was part of a prophecy that the conquering king would come riding in on a donkey to show humility. That was part of uh, Old Testament uh Stories, Old Testament stories, I guess I'll call it that. And so he comes into the, uh, he has just raised Lazarus from the dead. And everyone knew about this. And they had seen his miracles for the last three years. And uh, raising Lazarus from the dead was a pretty big miracle on the list of miracles. And as he came into Jerusalem, the people shouted, you know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they put down their, their they, they had so few clothes so that when they laid their clothes down for his donkey to to walk over it it's something that we it's foreign to our culture but it shows just how how willing they were that's all, i'm sure in many cases that's all the clothes they had or uh, it wasn't like they went to the closet like i have you know 10 coats i mean uh, so they laid down their cloaks and they praised him they pulled out palm branches and of course, what did Jesus do right after that? It's at least according to the chronology of Scripture. He goes into the temple, and he sees that the uh, tax collectors and the people changing, exchanging coins from other parts of the of the, of the known world then to, to make sure people had the right money to give to the temple, and whatever else they were doing, that's, that was money changing. He saw that um, it was corrupt, and he was furious, this man who had just ridden in on a donkey being praised, stood up and took a whip and turned over the tables. And he said, this is a house. This is my father's house. But you have made it a den of thieves. And he drove them out and they were angry. And so this is what happened, the equivalent of last Saturday. All right. So, so Jesus leaves the city and he goes back. And you know what? He gives some of the greatest teaching 
Uh, we can read this in Matthew. There are so many stories uh, that, that are at least, it, it looks as though this is the chronology. We have four different Gospels, and sometimes things vary. Uh, but he talks about a lot of things he, after the triumphal entry, a lot of incredible things. And one of them is um, the last chapter, or the last few chapters of Matthew, where he talks about the signs of the end of the age. And I want to read a little bit of that to you this morning, because I think we're, we're seeing signs of this. And uh, he's talking about those signs. And this is what he said after he drove out the money changers, after he came in, and after he, before the Passover, which again, as we talk, well, you will hear Friday when we do our special Good Friday show, the talk of the lamb and of the significance of the Passover. Uh, but this was before the Jewish Passover. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him and called his attention to the buildings. And he said, do you see these things? Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, that not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. He's talking about the grandeur of Jerusalem. It was a beautiful city. If you've been there now, you see the the signs of it, but it's, you know, the wall is only partially there. But it was a grand place then. And he's telling them, just like if we were walking through Washington and we saw our monuments, our huge buildings, and he was saying, all this is going to be torn down. And, And it's kind of like, what? And as Jesus was sitting on Mount, the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him and they said, tell us, when is this going to happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. You see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still not come, still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and, it will, and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of, the in, and because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to, the, to all the nations. And then the end will come. Now, Jesus goes into a lot more detail about this. You can find that in Matthew chapter 24. And for some of you who are, this is new to you, uh, I I would suggest you read that last week of Jesus' life, read his teachings, and it will really help you to have some insight into what's happening now. It really is, it is the, 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 the key that unlocks all the mystery of what's happening to us. So Jesus then, of course, uh, this is Wednesday, so uh, Jesus is, um, in that last week, he's spending all the time with the disciples. As a matter of fact, he knows that things are so tense that if he goes into Jerusalem, he will be, he, they will grab him. They, they are so, the Jews are so mad at him for what he's done and for overturning. How dare he? Who does he think he is? He's raising a man from the dead. He's, he's taking away their power. The people are worshiping him. They must do something, and they want to kill him. And so they begin the plot to kill him. And that's, this is the week when Judas decides, that's one of his disciples, that for money, he will betray Jesus. And all of this is happening. The Pharisees are making their deals with them, uh, with uh, Judas. And so 
Uh, In this last few days before Jesus' death, he's spending a lot of time teaching, and then his brothers are trying to get him to go to the Passover, to go into Jerusalem. Uh, And he says, not yet, not yet, because my time isn't come yet. And I think, uh, I don't know, but I'm just guessing he knew, again, that they would, uh, it was not, the time was not right for his death. He knew exactly when the time was right. And so he ends up going into Jerusalem uh, uh, quietly, uh, without fanfare. And that's when it all begins. And we'll pick that back up again on a Good Friday. Good Friday. It's called Good Friday because it was <laughs> it was when the creator of this world, of everything, who put the stars in place, who, you know, knows all about these uh, COVID genes and the, the mystery of science and a climate change, the one that designed the climate and the seasons. You know, it's the it was the creator. So we're we're like the the clay saying to the potter, you know, you don't know anything, you you uh, you idiot, you don't know anything. But he is the creator. It is this is how much hubris we have began to adapt in our culture, where we think we know better, we can control the climate, we know better than the creator himself, but we don't. And the creator is going to establish himself publicly. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the, the Lord, uh, God's Son, Jesus, is going to uh, bring all things into himself. And so the significance of Friday is the reason it's Good Friday is because unbelievably, unlike any other God claimed on the planet, not Buddha, uh, not, uh, not Allah, uh, not any famous ancestors in Shinto. None of those, none of those so-called gods ever. Uh, they lived to please themselves. If you read the stories about them, uh, they want, and they expected a great deal from people that served them. I mean, cruel things. Um, but this particular god so loved his creation that he gave his only son, sacrificed him to a brutal death, so that we might have life. It's amazing. It's an amazing story. It's a unique story. There is no other story like the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why it's Good Friday. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the news, and hopefully we'll see this news in light of this holy week. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by March 31st. You can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. 
The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu starns. The head of the CDC went off script and lost her composure during a White House press briefing yesterday. Rochelle Walensky said she had a feeling of impending doom, warning Americans that unless they continue to wear face coverings and practice social distancing, the apocalypse would be upon us. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci says American children should wear face masks if they go to the playground, and California's health department says it's still not safe for students to return to the classroom. Now, this is all fascinating because illegal alien children are allowed to play without wearing any face coverings, and news reports indicate American teachers are providing in-person instruction for the illegals. One set of rules for Americans, another set for the illegals. We gave up our civil liberties. We shut down our schools and our businesses. We closed our churches. And for what? If the China virus really is as dangerous as the government's been telling us, why aren't the illegals following the same rules the rest of us have to follow? I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Okay, Sandy Rios back with you. You know, we've been talking. Um, one of the things I try to maybe do without saying it is to help you think. And I try to help myself think. <laughs> I, you have to think. Uh, you have to be able to think not just with the cliches you've been taught, uh, the easy answers. We are entering, uh, we have been, in a time that challenges our, our very ability to think. I remember the first time this, the first time that comes to my mind uh, since I've been on radio that this happened was when Bill Clinton, Clinton lied about um, his uh, liaison with Monica Lewinsky. And he said uh, in his uh, deposition, it depends on what is, is. And he said that, you know, he didn't really, he didn't lie. He said, because it depends on what is, is. And then we got into this whole national discussion about lying and, and then there was this talk about well, everybody lies. And then, and so it was, what we had to do was go back to the very, ba- you know, we've always been taught that you don't lie. And those of you that are Christians, and, and even if you aren't, it's part of our culture that we 
honesty is the standard. Whether you achieve it or not, it is still the standard. And having to go deep down and think through why why honesty and the importance of it was a challenge. The same. The second thing that happened to me was marriage. When uh, the the homosexual radicals started challenging marriage and demanding that they be allowed to be married too, it took a lot of thinking. To f- marriage is just uh, a foundation of culture. It's a given. It's been a given. And now, how do we how do we argue against uh, the fact that other people should be able to be married and uh, you know all of these things? I found it a real challenge. So we have a challenge now, and I'm going to show you uh, in living color what that challenge is. And I, we had uh, Dr. Jerry Root on last week, my good friend, who's a professor at Wheaton, talking about thinking and talking about devices used in conversation. And I hope that that helped you. If you haven't heard that, go back uh, last Thursday and listen to Jerry talk about all these devices that are used to deceive and to bait and switch and confuse you and uh, red herrings and all this. Um, but today... I, what I would suggest is you might want to grab a piece of paper and a pencil, and I'm going to have you listen to something and see how it strikes you. I want you to listen deeply, and then I'm going to open the phone lines. And once you've heard this, um, I want to know what—it may just be one thing. You don't have to analyze the whole thing. Just maybe one thing strikes you about it. How would you argue against this? What case would you make? Uh, to make your point, this is Joe Scarborough, and uh, Joe uh, is uh, talking about you know the uh, the COVID restrictions, the rules, wearing masks, uh, the COVID passport, all of that, uh, and you'll hear how he develops his thinking. And I want to know how would you respond to this? And again, not a cliche. I, I, Adam, you're you're instructed not to accept cliches. I want you to respond thoughtfully and deeply. Uh, to what you hear. All right. So this is Joe Scarborough on MSNBC. Let's listen. And 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 Charlie, we can go back to talking about our tribe because I'm I'm endlessly fascinated and horrified by it. But you know, uh, growing up in the Baptist Church, right, what, what you were taught from day one, growing up in an evangelical church or in a Catholic church, what you're taught from the very beginning is that the, the golden rule: do unto others that which you would have them do unto you. It is it is the core, like Jesus' teachings. He says, all fall down on, on that commandment and the commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. So that is at the core of Christianity. It's a core of evangelical beliefs. But you look at what people who claim to be Christians, who claim to be evangelicals, who who... Are, are you know uh, going around and doing everything they can uh, to push back and 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 fight whether it's you know knocking over masks in stores or whether it's it's being combative and 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 believing QAnon conspiracy theories uh, and helping the spread of a virus of a plague of a plague that's going to kill their neighbors kill their friends kill. Uh, older people around them, and you just sit there and go, wonder, what's happened? Where, where along the way did they did they forget everything that that that, that they claim to believe their whole lives? And and what makes it most upsetting, Charlie? And forgive me for going on here, but obviously I'm wound up on this. Is that 
This is idolatry. This is idolatry yeah. that we read about in the Old Testament. They, the, the, Donald Trump was their idol. And what's so sickening about all this is if Donald Trump had decided to go the other route to declare war on the virus, if he had been extreme in that direction, you and I both know. They would have all followed him. They would have been the biggest mask warriors of all time. They would have been the biggest warriors for vaccinations of all time. They would have been militant about it. They would have said, you must do this to reopen our economy, to reopen our country, to give us our freedom back. But Donald Trump decided to go the other way. So they're in a cult. They're following an idol. And this is where we are. Over 500,000 people dead. All right. So there you go. Over 500,000 people dead, and uh, it is because of Christian idolatry to Donald Trump. Uh, If Donald Trump had decided to go the other route and demand masks and be more forceful about demanding vaccines, uh, you would have fallen in line. You would have been militant about it, making sure people wore masks. Uh, We are part of a cult. And we have caused the death of over 5,000 people. But let me back up because he gets more personal about being a Christian. He says that he's horrified by what he's seeing. He was raised Southern Baptist. He sees evangelicals, Catholics, who've all been taught the golden rule that um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And he says that all of the law, as Jesus said, and boy, Joe's been well taught, all, the, all of the law falls on this one commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. He says it's the core of evangelicalism, and yes, it is. And so he says then, his conclusion is from that, is that people who claim to be Christians uh, are going out in stores, they're knocking over masks, they're combative, they're embracing QAnon theories, uh, they're helping the spread of the virus that's going to kill their neighbors, kill their friends, uh, kill you know people in their community. And then he asked, where along the way did they forget everything they believed? All right, so my question to you is how you respond to that. Now, this is kind of welcome to the world of, of uh, talk radio and also to the world of television, which I used to do, try to debate with someone like Joe. And you have a few minutes to do it, because when we take, go to the phone lines, you can't go on and on. You won't be able to refute everything, but I'm asking you, what argument would you make, sound argument would you make to push back on Joe Scarborough? Uh, it, uh, maybe maybe some of you agree with this, and I'm not looking for your calls today. I'm actually looking for those that are Christians who think that Joe is off the mark, okay? That's the kind of conversation I'm looking for. Our phone number is, did I give the phone number? Sorry, it's 888 888- 589-8840. Let's go first if our friend Shirley in Tennessee. Good morning, Shirley. How are you? Good morning. Wonderful. Thank you for taking my call. Just very quickly, I would tell Mr. Joe that God gave us science for a reason, and all the major scientists, or most of them, are standing up saying that what he believes does not support reality in science. Therefore, he is deceived. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says there would be people in this world in the end times who would deceive and be deceived. 
He's been deceived. And I would tell him that his argument doesn't hold water, and therefore he's not, he isn't Christian because he's not considering folks like me and others who have severe allergies and things who getting this vaccine could shut down their system and kill them. And you don't know which one you are. Are you the person who's going to do fine after the vaccine, or are you the one who's going to get the vaccine and die or get Bell's palsy or something else that I'm not willing to pay for, and neither are there Pfizer, Moderna, and other companies because we can't sue them. So therefore, I tell him to check his Christianity by the word of God and stop throwing stones because he is a glass house. Praise the Lord. And I want to tell you also, my cousin got blood transfusion in the hospital at Emory when she had a surgery two weeks ago, and I found out that they don't even test the blood. They don't even ask people when they give blood if they have been vaccinated. So some people are unwillingly getting vaccinated and don't even know it because they're getting blood transfusions. Thank you, Miss Sandy. Yeah. We love you, and we're listening. Yeah, Shirley, thank you. Thank you. Um, Shirley calls. Well, I haven't heard from her in a long time, but she always has great insights. Um, all right, so she's saying that she would say to Joe, you are deceived that science does not support your point. And I think she's right. I'm going to get into that a little bit later, actually, if I don't run out of time here. Uh, but all right, so... Uh, he says the golden rule and, um, in loving your neighbor is the core. And those people who claim to be Christians are going into stores and knocking over masks and they're combative and they're embracing QAnon and they're helping spread a virus that's going to kill their neighbors and their friends. And where along the way did they forget what they believed? So I want to know what your response to Joe would be. Let's go to David in Texas. Good morning, David. Good morning. Good morning. So what do you think, David? Well, well, first of all, if Jesus had not come when he did, nobody would be saved. Now, the reason for that is they could not recognize the word alive in the flesh. They rejected being holy in the flesh. Now, I'm going to speak of the trifecta. When Jesus came, there was no photographs, no paparazzi. No mass media, no print media, none of that. There was only government and religion. In the earth, pure love is mocked. And men emboldened there in mocking pure love go on to openly murder truth. Now, this was carried out by government and religion. You'll call it tradition of religion, but I'm telling you it's the same now as it was then. Men are the same. God is the same. All religion is what Jesus exposed and put away. Only the pure in heart shall see God, and only those with the mind of Christ, which has power over all flesh, shall see God. All right, when so David, came, so, David, how does it, I love what you're saying, but how does this relate to Joe? The mass media wasn't present at the time. I'm calling it the trifecta because you have government, if it's corrupt. No, no, I heard you. I heard religion. you. I heard you. But I'm asking you, I want you to respond to when Joe's you, comments. Are you saying that Joe cannot you, see because he doesn't have pure heart? Is that what you're saying? I'm not looking at his heart. God looks on the heart. We look on the outside. But every person is judged by what comes out of their mouth, either a clean spirit or an unclean spirit. Now, you can see what how this is mixed leaven knowledge. It's puffed up false knowledge. What I'm saying about the mass media is, when Jesus came, if there had been mass media and paparazzi, he could not have had a three-year ministry. He had to come then. 
before there was mass media. Because when they make alliance with government and false religion, it's the end of time. Yeah. Okay, David, very interesting. Thank you. Let's go to Tom in Texas. Good morning. Yes, hi, Sandy. Am I on? Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, so what's oh, what do you great. think, Tom? Um, well, I, I teach public speaking uh, at a major university in Texas, and I have a couple quick comments for Joe, and, and that is that uh, people are, my students and, and Joe Scarborough as well as Mika are more interested in spitting a, a narrative than they are telling the truth. And so as a result, the research is inadequate. And uh, the worst kind of lie is a lie that has half truth, you know, has a percentage of truth in the lie. And so everything Joe Scarborough is saying is, is actually true, but it's not true in the sense of being truth. You know, people did uh, probably knock over a pile of masks somewhere or, you know, uh, whatever. But, you know, um, my students content with doing this research and, this, and they're led by people like Joe Scarborough because they, 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 they uh, don't dig for the facts. And my students will come in and give a, a speech on a topic and I'll blow them out of the water with my counter research because they, they, they want to spin the narrative. The narrative has replaced the truth. And that's, that's what I'm, uh, my message to Joe Scarborough is quit with the narrative and get with the truth. But when we have these two-minute sound bites, uh, it's not possible because they go off on a, on a rampage and they start throwing all this stuff out that's conjecture and it's hyperbole. And it, you can't counter it all. You know, there's just too much. Uh, you, you know, nobody will focus on a fact and get to the end. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when uh, our president and vice president were saying that they weren't going to take the vaccine because Trump had invented it. And now they're uh, now the news is saying that Trump wasn't like Scarborough was saying Trump wasn't serious about COVID. You know, it is. Like, you, you know, you're right. You're right. And it makes me think I've heard said this on the air before when I used to debate James Carville on television. I had to learn, you know, he. Uh, we'd be supposed to be we're supposed to be debating some uh, issue, and he would come out with uh, I will say five lies. I mean five things like Joe, like bam, 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 bam. And I'm supposed to respond to that in the two minutes that I have, and uh, it was hard at first. I thought I can't. This is just my mother would say it was like a circle saw. You know the teeth kept coming. I can't refute all those lies in the few in the short time that I have. So what do I do? And I think that we are in that now. It's not uh, necessarily. It's not a television debate, but in this world right now, we are in, in an avalanche of lies that are coming at us like uh, the circle saw teeth. And it is. Uh, it, it takes tremendous wisdom to know how to respond to that. But uh, that's great insight because you're right. It is the narrative, which means that's the story they want you to believe. So everything is woven to to support their narrative, which is not uh, true. All right, I'm going to go back to the phone lines when we come back. Sandy Rios in the morning. Have you ever read the book of Revelations? That's your holy book, Christians. And they've got seven-headed dragons and locusts that have the face of men and the teeth of lions and other stuff you only see after the guy in the park sells you bad mushrooms. In the end times will come scoffers and mockers, but blessed is the man who endures to the end. We're going to sift through the chaff and point people to the truth of God's Word. Focal Point with Brian Fisher, encouraging believers as we see the day approaching. Weekday afternoons on AFR. News with a Christian perspective. 
American Family News. Steve Jordahl reports. Dan Gaynor of Media Research Center says it has become a political network. Top-notch reporting. Open Doors has identified the countries where it is most dangerous and difficult to be a Christian. AFN's Bill Bumpus has more. As it has in the past several years, the report shows a dramatic increase in the persecution of Christians. Insightful coverage. American Family News. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Bruce Sacerdote, a Dartmouth College economics professor, noticed COVID-19 television coverage always seemed negative. He then gathered two other researchers to analyze the matter, and they found about 87% of national U.S. media coverage was negative, compared to only 51% in international media, 53% in U.S. regional media, and 64% in scientific journals. But New York Times columnist David Leonhardt is careful to emphasize that Sacerdote doesn't think journalists reported falsehoods per se. They simply emphasized certain negative facts and ignored other facts. We call that lying where I'm from. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. There is no mention of the filibuster in the Constitution. When it was first instituted, it was done to preserve unlimited debate, especially for controversial legislation, so that every senator would have the opportunity to argue his position on a bill. Eventually, everybody had their say, they ended debate, and voted. Thus, in a genuine filibuster, somebody is always talking. But the Senate changed the rules so that now a filibuster means that everybody stops talking, the exact opposite of its original intent. Joe Biden wants to get rid of the fake-a-buster, and for once I agree with him. I'm all for making sure that every senator's voice gets to be heard, but I'm all for getting rid of this phony version, which stops debate instead of promoting it. Let's have a robust debate, and then let's vote. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Millions of Americans are awakening with horror to what Barack Obama famously promised in 2008 would be the fundamental transformation of our country. Many ask, how did this happen and what can we do to get our country back? The short answer is we are witnessing the cumulative effects of a decades-long campaign the Marxists call the Long March Through the Institutions. U.S. universities and schools, Hollywood, the media, religious communities, and of course our political system have been relentlessly targeted, radicalized, and subverted into instruments of warfare against the nation. Lately, the left's ominous weaponization of much of corporate America is becoming evident, too. Fortunately, the Back to Neutral Coalition, a team of patriots like us, is launching today the StopCorporateTyranny.org website. It's a terrific resource for learning about and pushing back against so-called woke capitalism and boardroom thuggery. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. This is interesting, and I'm enjoying your comments. So Joe Scarborough made some very interesting Comments on MSNBC, just to kind of recap uh, them. He said he was raised Southern Baptist. He's uh, horrified by his tribe, meaning evangelicals, Catholics, Christians, who have been taught that um, we do unto others as they would do to us. That's the golden rule out of Jesus' own mouth. And he says, um, you know, that the 
commandment to love our neighbor as ourself is a core, you know, it, it supersedes all commandments. He's right about that. And he said that uh, people who claim to be Christian and knock over masks and are combative and embrace QAnon theories and help spread the virus that's going to kill their neighbors and their friends, uh, where along the way did they forget everything they believe? And then he went on to say this is idolatry. Uh, Donald Trump is their idol. If Donald Trump had been in favor of, uh, you know, really clamping down with uh, masks and social distancing, they would have done that. Uh, but because uh, he's their idol, they do what he says. That's basically what he's saying. So I'm asking you, this is talking about Christians, so I'm asking for Christians, if you had a chance to respond to Joe or if you found something, some uh, fallacy in his argument, well, let's hear it. Let's go to... Um, uh, let's go to Lori in Oklahoma. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. Thank you. Well, I agree with what Shirley said. First of all, OSHA doesn't support wearing a mask. They actually warn against it. That's on their website. With regards to the medicine, to taking a vaccine, they've been giving out the flu vaccine for years, and they've yet to eradicate the flu. Uh, the contents of the flu has been very seriously studied by Dr. I believe her name is Sherry Tenpenny, who has well over 40,000 hours in vaccine research, and she warns violently and effectively and passionately as a believer that we shouldn't take that uh, shot, but I'm not going to force someone not to take it. Speaking to his labeling and categorizing of people, well, I certainly don't believe that all black people are thugs and all white people are racist, so why would I ever believe that all Christians follow QAnon or that they worship an <laughs> idol named Donald Trump or something. He is using the same techniques that Satan himself used in the garden to take something that sounds like it's sprinkled with truth and lure somebody into a web who has no solid foundation with truth and no wisdom from the discernment of the Holy Spirit to help people make decisions. Virologists, immunologists, and epidemiologists who have come out of the closet and put their entire life, their career, their education, their income on the line to tell the truth about COVID. They risk everything to tell the truth. Those that are pushing the propaganda, the false narrative, the fear-mongering are the ones that are pocketing some money and getting notoriety in what one would consider a positive way. Common yep. sense tells you. Lori, uh, Lori, I think you win. I think you win the prize. I think so far you win the prize. <laughs> Excellent. And I'm going to cut you off just because I have to go to other people. But I want to. I want to emphasize what you said. You talked about um, how OSHA. They have a whole list, like of like ten reasons why you should not wear masks. One of the first ones is a risk of self contamination, and it talks about uh, th them getting wet and soiled, potential headache, breathing difficulties. Those are their own rules. That, uh, that we're ignoring now and something that's never talked about. Lori, great, great response. Thank you very much. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Christian in Virginia. Good morning, Christian. Hi. Hi. Hello? Hi. Yes. What, what do you think, Christian? Okay. Um, what do I think? Uh, first of all, I'm not a, um acid anti-masker. I think that... Um, Masks are good for some people and not good for others, perhaps that have, uh, you know, physical um, disabilities or uh, problems, breathing, respiratory, you know, et cetera, you know, things like that. Uh, exceptions need to be made. 
I feel if people want to wear these masks, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, if they're avidly against it for whatever religious beliefs or whatever is on their mind, you know, they should not be persecuted for it. I do think there needs to be a, se a definite separation between masks and vaccines. One should not be compared to the other or be treated the same way. Vaccines could be deadly. Yeah, it, yeah, Christian. Yeah, area. yeah. No, and, that's you know, true. V very good point, Christian. Uh, I have an article to commend to everyone. I was going to get to it today, and this would be for you too. Uh, it's by Daniel Horowitz. It's Biden calls for mask mandates in response to increased cases in states that already have strict mandates. And uh, it's an interesting article because it talks about how uh, all the states like that have uh, insisted on mask wearing religiously have had higher levels of cases. The cases like in Texas, since they've uh, Governor Abbott reduced the uh, rules and all of that, have gone way down. Same thing in Mississippi. And the states that are uh, th that are seeing cases continue are the states that are locked down. And when, then we could go internationally too. Uh, the, the Czech Republic, same thing. And so what we're learning is that, of course, mask wearing and social distancing really has very little effect. This is this is a virus that it, it just goes its own way. It infects, and then and then there seems to be some sort of herd immunity, then it goes away. So it doesn't seem like mask wearing has effect on it. And I agree with you, uh, vaccines are a different issue, and we are going to talk about that at greater length. We did talk about it yesterday. We'll talk about it again. I'm very concerned about it myself, Christian. And so thank you for mentioning that. Let's go to... Um, uh, Demetrius in Texas. Hi, Demetrius. How you doing, Sandy? Good. Uh, finally get on. Um, my comment is that this guy is biblically unsound, and it, people find, it, find it convenient to explain Christianity to, and, and they themselves are claiming to be Christian, but yet their lifestyle shows something different, or what they're pushing uh, in the political arena actually shows something different. So how could you possibly sit here and, and blanket many hundreds of thousands of millions of Christians and say that we're all doing this? And we're, we know it's a big propaganda and whatnot. They're true Christians. We we get it. We understand biblically that, you know, we don't worship Donald Trump. We don't worship people. We worship the Lord our God, Jesus Christ. And for this guy to come out here and to be unlearned and people to listen to them, they, they just do themselves a disservice. Um they need to read their Bibles themselves. They need to actually uh, uh, be biblically sound in order to get through all the shenanigans that goes down, goes on down there in, in D.C. and in these uh, networks and stuff that are pushing all this poison. It's just unreal. It is unreal. It's just hard to comprehend. And that's what I was saying, Demetrius. It's coming at us uh, in waves, and that's why we have to start. We have to really think. Because you know what? You have to tell your kids. You've got to teach your children, uh, help think through it for your friends and neighbors, people in your Sunday school class. We have to, you know, Jesus said that we need to be, well, Paul said, we need to be ready to give an answer for the hope that Peter said it, for the hope that's in us. Be ready to give an answer, to understand, to use your mind. And that's why I want, that's why we're doing this exercise. Uh, it is confusing and it's a challenge. But thanks, Demetrius. I appreciate your comments. Let me go into this just a second because. Uh, Joe says, basically, that uh, Christians are helping to spread the virus uh, because they are some, of course, not all Christians are. Some Christians are religious about this, and that drives me nuts, to be honest. That's a different discussion, isn't it? 
Uh, but uh, he is claiming that Christians, evangelicals, uh, his tribe, are helping spread the virus because they're fighting against wearing masks. They're fighting against, you know, the social distancing rules. They're fighting against the vaccines. Uh, but I want to share a little bit more about this article from this article by uh, Daniel because it's um, it's powerful. He says, just how insane was Biden's call to reinstate mask mandates in reaction to some data showing case increasing in some states? Every state with an increase in cases has had an iron-clad mandate for almost a year. While all the states that got rid of the mandate at the beginning of the month are either flat or going down. Now, that's just one uh, statement I want to share. Texas and Mississippi are the only states to have had mandates, but by early March, they categorically removed them, and the morgues are filling up, right? He said, no. Here's Texas compared to New Jersey. Cases are down 41% since Texas Governor Greg Abbott lifted the mandates. And so then he asks, what is the truth of the matter? And he talks about the Czech Republic, uh, which was uh, supposed to be a global success story because they were so strict to adhere to the rules. Uh, But suddenly the Czechs are worse off than almost every other Western country, including the United States. Uh, Then he talks about Philippines, that they have the highest level of mass compliance in the world. In fact, their president threatened to shoot people that violated the quarantine and yet it has failed to stop the spread there. Here's the deal. Every randomized clinical study that has studied mask wearing shows that it just it doesn't make a difference, that the, the virus has its own mind and does its own thing. And he says, uh, now we know there are zero benefits to wearing the mask. There are numerous early and prophylactic therapeutics that can easily treat the virus. So um, that's uh, we're going to put that article on our Facebook page. The other thing I wanted to share with you, Joe says that 50 but he says that those of us that are Christians, his tribe that he's so mortified by, are, are part of a cult. And uh, Donald Trump is our idol. It's the Old Testament idolatry. And uh, let me just point something out that's really obvious that I would like to say to Joe. Uh, he has refuted his own theory in his statement because if he's complaining that, that Christians tr- slash Trump idolaters are not refusing to get the virus, what, what is he talking about? Donald Trump was the one who uh, implemented Operation Warp Speed to develop the virus. Uh, And he was out there all the time encouraging people to get that uh, vaccine. It was going to be the answer to everything. And yet 50%, according to the latest stats, of Trump supporters are refusing to get the virus. And yet they're supposed to be part of a cult. He's their idol. Joe, you're, you're, it doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. All right, I want to go back to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, Linda in Texas. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Okay. Um, so I wanted to say, yes? No, you talk. Okay. Uh, when I heard what Joe said, I was just thinking the whole comment, his whole entire phrasing was hypocritical. First of all, he's saying that we should do unto others as we expect them to do unto us. Yes, true. So, why are we not understanding other people's position and giving them their space to make their choice? We all pray about these things. We don't worship Donald Trump because he has made speeches telling us to get the vaccine. But we all have to make this choice on our own. And we talk to the Lord, and if he tells us to or not to do this, even if 
And in my case, I could lose my job because they told me if I don't get the vaccine, I'm going to lose my job. Mm. But I still have to face the Lord and talk to him about this. It is not one for all and everybody. It's good for everybody. No. And I haven't been combative or knocked over masks. And I respect people's businesses. When I go into one, I put the mask on because I do not want to cause fear. And you notice that Joe's main thing was, hey, let's all take the vaccine so we can get back to normal and go to movies and all this other exactly. kind of stuff. Exactly. Not, not exactly thinking of his neighbors. He, Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too, Linda. He was he kept saying, I, I, so we can go to ball games, so we can do this. It wasn't exactly some altruistic goal uh, that he was expressing about wearing the mask and getting the vaccine passport. Very insightful. Thanks a lot. Let's go to Ann in Tennessee before we run out of time here. Ann, you're our last caller. Are you there? Hey, Janet. Um, yeah, hey, Janet. I was on mute. Sorry. It's okay, San- so my name is Sandy. Said- this is Sandy Rios. Hey, Sandy. Sorry. Um- That's all right. <laughs> no, no. Say, know, say what I know you're saying. Sandy Rios. Uh, okay, Joe's. he just seems to pull out false claims out of his rear end and then just throw them against evangelicals that, um, oh, your neighbors have died, friends have died, old people have died. None of my neighbors have died. I don't know of any old people who've died. I don't have any friends who've died. There are uh, stories out there of people in their 90s and 80s who've gotten COVID, got over it, and then got the vaccine, and it killed them. And as far as I know, the three major manufacturers of the vaccines, none have been approved. They've only been authorized by the FDA for emergency use. And and he just wants to, you know, lob on on Christians, yeah. you know, his own Well, it's it, you know that, what? As you've said, Anne, and others have said, uh, it all goes down to facts. And Christians are not opposed to facts. We actually want to know what the facts are. And that's what we've been talking about here. I wish I'd had more time to give, actually, more facts. But the point is, many of you have mentioned that this is just a support with reality. He, he is, like, jumbling together a bunch of ideas. And as um, uh, Tim said, to support his narrative, which is uh, that he thinks people should get the vaccine, that... Um, People should mask, people should social distance, and he thinks that that if you don't do that, it causes death. And that's what he believes, and so everything that he says comports to that narrative, even if the facts don't support it. And that is the point. Thank you for all that great thinking. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.